welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Mike, every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way entrepreneurs and real estate agents think about their business in order to increase their uh, productivity and profitability. And this week, what I want to disrupt the way you think about is the idea of a solo practitioner. I'm here to say that the solo practitioner is dead. They're extinct and on their way out as technology continues to creep in on um, the commoditization of industries. And especially in the industry that we work in, real estate, the solo practitioner is feeling the squeeze of the market dynamics and is extinct and nearing its, its painful death of market share here in the coming years, if not coming months. And so I'm here to change how you think about being a solo practitioner versus being a business owner and a leader. I'm so glad I figured this out. <laughs> like, you're absolutely right. So um, you either need to aspire to be on a team or you, from a real estate perspective, I know we're, we're, we're entrepreneurial uh, but we're rooted in real estate. So when I'm talking about solo practitioners, we're specifically speaking to like real estate agents, but this applies to 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 any form of business. Um, if you are if you're out here doing it by yourself, you need to team up. You really do. And and I, you know, I've got a lot of thoughts on why that is, but what's the first thing that comes to your mind as to why? Um because um like especially from a real estate perspective, the job is too big. So in order to, there's people out there that are specializing. They have um, executive assistants, transaction coordinators, buyers agents, inside agents, and they're able to do a really good job. And if you're focusing on transaction coordination, when you should be focusing on the income producing activities, you're going to get left behind. Like there's just no way that you can, you can, um, in this market, as hot as it is, you can you can write enough contracts in order to like I'm, you can make good money. But if you want to like change your world, you have to team up. So what's one benefit before we even dive into why uh, why they should be focusing on teams? What's one benefit to like if you could take their side of a solo person? What is the most common reason most Leverage. people stay. Why do they stay single though? Well, why they stay single? Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, I feel like it's a mindset. It's more of like a, I hate to say this, more of a scarcity mindset. They feel like they get the whole grape versus a chunk of a watermelon. They don't understand that it's a volume type. I make more money by being able to focus on twenty my 20%. Uh, and I do less. So then I, you're, you're leveraging your time. You'll have the ability to um, uh, balance your time better because you're not doing the things that bog you down. Am I? Yeah. Tracking? I mean, I hear you say, so when you say mindset, I, I hear limiting belief limiting around belief. that too. And yeah. then a lot of it is, is account is a accountability to the accounting. One of the flaws I see is, is that a lot of solopreneurs don't actually keep good records and good books. So they believe that a hundred percent means I keep a hundred percent. Well, that works if you never check your actual accounting, yeah. because what you find is, is that you don't keep 100% of what you earn. You have business expenses with that. And, um, and so, um, when you, when you, 
partner up or when you join a team, you have to figure out those expenses have to get distributed across someone's balance sheet. And they just come in the form of a split typically, as far as the team is concerned in our business. Um, but as a solopreneur, you're paying that anyway. Yeah. You're just, if you're not looking at it, you're ignoring the reality of the fixed costs that come with it. I think that that is, is definitely one aspect. The other one is, um, the feeling of independence, right? And so one of the things that we find with our team is, is because we're, we're, um, very structured in how we like to streamline our processes and systems of how we go to market to try to create the most duplicatable outcome and service for the customer. We believe it's in the customer's best interest to deliver a duplicatable process that, that generates an outcome that they hire us to, to fulfill. And doing that means having standards of how people go to market and how, um, people perform their activities and job functions. The challenge becomes is the solopreneur doesn't typically want to follow a standard yeah. of operating. And that's yeah. because of the independence or creativity yeah. aspect of it. And so that can become one of the challenges, the feeling of a loss of control yeah. or a loss of creativity. The problem with that is, is that artists are often starving artists because yeah. of creativity. When, yeah. when business owners are typically reaping the benefit of a standard operating procedure. Systems and, and models, that's like right. doing it all. And then you also, your service level is higher because you're replicating the same thing over and over again yeah. versus having a bad, you know, you can have bad experiences. So it's totally like just partnering up. That person is taking something where hopefully it's a weakness and yeah. then they can do it out of strength because they're, that's their strength. So then what that does is it multiplies you. It makes Absolutely. you look better. You, you know, I'm sure you've heard me say, I know Tyler, you've heard this too many times, but I use the example of Walt, of Walt Disney. And, and whenever the limiting belief or, or the need for agent creativity or lack of um, flexibility comes into play, for whatever reason, I think of Walt Disney who... Um, had this vision for the the Disney empire and Disney drew out this vision map of what he believed the Walt Disney companies could look like at scale. And I think at the time it included like um, it was, it was cartoons Cartoon. and movies and music and some uh, and, and one park and music, if I'm not mistaken. And, and so at the time he lays out this vision for what the Disney companies would look like. He cast the vision, then they add Disney world to the mix. And, um, and then he dies um, before Disney world really comes to fruition. And yet the, now when we look at Disney, the, the company we see so much more than what he Walt, saw. That's right. <laughs> and that's because he cast the vision yeah. and then turned over um, his weaknesses or areas in which he wasn't necessarily the ideal implementer. He cast the vision, has the creativity, sees uh, what it could become. And then someone who is more skilled talented, and talented actually yep. implements and executes. Yep. And so um, Walt Disney actually still gets all the credit. Yeah. Right. And so as a solopreneur, it's not as though you actually give up credit when you give up control. It's whether you give up control to the right people or not. It's a fallacy. Yeah. The problem is, is we feel as a, like we've been told 
as entrepreneurs that Walt Disney did it when all reality Walt <laughs> yeah. Disney had a right hand. Yeah. Everybody, all these uh all the people that you think of, uh Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, they all had integrators. Yeah. They were visionaries and they all had integrators. And if you're a solopreneur and you're a solo agent, guess who you don't have? You're casting yeah. visions, but you don't have an integrator, someone to drive your business. So you actually become the limiter to your own success and the service that you can actually deliver to the consumer. And so that exact along that same same line I use with people is, is have you been to Disney World or to a Disney movie? Yes. Did did you or your children enjoy it? Yes. Did Walt Disney meet you at the gate when you got there? No. Yeah. So the yet Walt Disney was able to have a larger impact on people by delivering his vision of service to the masses because there were talented people implementing his vision. And and Walt was so intense about his vision to what the consumer experience looked like that he would ride the attractions and time them. And if they weren't precisely timed the way they were, they were laid out to be according to his standard of entertainment, then they would have to go back and actually like operate that ride appropriately. So he's still been able to implement his standard posthumously and everyone else gets a higher degree of service today than they did previously uh, when he was still alive. That works in everyone's business. If you give up control to the right people, like, you know, Kate is the implementer, uh, and maybe she's also the brains too. I don't know. Visionary. Vi she's, she's the she's visionary and the implementer. She's a unicorn. Right? Yep. I'm just here to look cute. <laughs> You're the eye candy. <laughs> I'm the eye candy. <laughs> so, so the reality though is, is that, that somebody has to implement. Yeah. And so the day, so why I say the day of the solopreneur is, is limited and should be put on the, um, nearing extinction list is because in a traditional year, the national association of realtors estimates that 65% of the job of a real estate agent is, um, outside of working with a customer. Right. And so it's it's uh, clerical work, it's administrative work, it's coordination work, it's market research, it's training, it's continuing education, it's um, networking functions. It's all of these ancillary items that are not actually consumer facing. Right. So 65 percent of the work is estimated to be non-consumer facing. Uh, the traditional estimate is 38 hours are needed for one buyer. OK, so the equivalent almost of a 40 hour work week work week for one closing with a buyer. Okay. If 65% of the job is administrative in a, in a, in a non inventory depleted, um, year, then you're already, um, spending th your first three and a half days of the week doing administrative work for the right. consumer, right. which means once you get one in contract, your ability to go out and get another right. and grow your business becomes um, then limited by the 24 hour work day, right. which means you have a choice to make. You can either take time from your family, right. take time from your health, take sleep. time from your sleep. Something has to be remargined. That's what I did. <laughs> which all of, yes, that's what we did. Me, uh, all of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. and so, and, and I made that conscious choice in, yeah. and, and, and so, price. yeah, exactly. And so, um, in order to, in order to rebalance that, deficit you've got to you've got to take from another bucket of life and and 
we're seeing it compounded even more. That's right. With the market that we're having. That's right. So, and this is another thing, you guys, we want to like set the expectations on like some of this doesn't really make sense to some people. This is a master's level course, you guys. So give, give the, yeah, I mean, I I think that it, you know, there's going to be someone who hears me say the individual agent is nearing extinction and, and gets offended by that. And probably some, some of our own agents and I love you. (laughs) And what I'm saying is that, um, if your goal is to grow your business and grow your impact with uh, the service level and the benefit that you believe that you provide in your business, then what I'm saying is it's limited and capped as an individual and it is becoming increasingly more and more limited and more capped in light of the current market dynamics. Right. He's just, we're and just in saying light get of better. Technology. Get better. Or understand that, that if, if not, that that's if we're, if status quo is a level of fulfillment for you, then maintain status quo. However, technology and the market dynamics are influencing status quo. Got it. Because what we, you know, what we've seen over a 10 year trajectory, Mike, is that, is that commissions earnings have begun to be compressed as an industry, as technology becomes more and more um, applicable in our business the costs of agents using technology is going up yep. and the rate of commission has been coming down nationally. And that balancing act means that, uh, there is a shift in income that, that will at this rate continue to compress right. the agent's earnings. And so if we extrapolate this rate 10 years from now, if we keep going at that pace, then it means that the status quo for the agent who isn't interested in becoming a leader or, um, utilizing leverage significantly decreases, if not diminishes to an unsustainable and, and, and a income that makes it of no use to hold a license. Got it. Because uh, like, if you think about what happens to taxi cabs, or what happens to, um, you know, a number of industries that have been commoditized by technology, the earnings all get compressed into, into a lower level. Now, will that happen at scale in real estate? I, my belief is not fully at scale. There are still limo drivers. Mm -hmm. There are still cab drivers. There are still Uber drivers. So Will we see the complete collapse of commissions in the current structure that we see? No. Will it change? Of course. However, the the dollar of commissions in real estate um, is always in direct proportion to the number of agents in the marketplace. Okay. And that's because if there were right. 1 million fictitious dollars to divide, there will be X number of agents, Buy which is no different it. than if there were 10 million commission dollars and Y number of agents. Right. And so that number is always relatively proportionate because of costs of living. And, and the way in which now we're seeing Zillow become a brokerage now in 2021 and uh, recent reports from Redfin indicating that their corporate agent model is generating an increase in productivity and they're expected to turn their pro- uh, profit for the first time, uh, possibly next week when they report earnings, um, that we're going to see wall street propped up technology companies 
attempt to commoditize the real estate agent commission. And those models are corporate team structure, uh, highly leveraged models that we expect to see go after the agent's market share. Right. And the individual agent is the one who becomes um, most negatively impacted by the corporatization of the real estate industry. Yeah, that's their competition. Yeah. And and sadly, a lot of people I don't think quite have recognized that. And we've seen this now start to play out in the last two years of market data when we look at um, the amount of market share that goes to big teams compared to the amount of market share that goes to the bot to the other ninety percent. Right. And so the we're the same way we've seen wealth divides in the our haves country. And the have nots. We are seeing wealth divides thing. in real estate. That's right. And that's because of standard operating procedure and systems. The model, when people that follow models are getting better, and the people that are just doing whatever they're doing yeah. are struggling. Yeah, I make calls every like a part of my job is just to call real estate agents and have conversations with them, and it's it's stark. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know how else to say it. Like you're either you crushed it or you had a horrible time last year. Yeah, and that and that becomes a compounding effect as inventory continues to lessen and lessen and lessen. And as the world becomes more on demand, yeah, truly the on demand aspect of the business is one of the things that I think really drives the solopreneur into, um, that near burnout, not worth the, the time constraints and the income generated because everyone understandably wants everything now. So what do you do? So what do you do? So there's options, right? So in our model, <laughs> in our model uh, at Keller Williams, um, which you know has been a a massive game changer for me and for Absolutely. my business. I was a solopreneur. I was. I too. was totally tapped out on time, and um, I wanted to quit. <laughs> right? I almost quit. How it many was, houses did you sell as a solopreneur? I sold 128, and it was miserable. Um, yeah. Now I made a really good living. I'll give you that. But yeah. like, no I robbed from it. every bucket humanly yeah. possible to get there, uh, <laughs> and so. I, what I what was what I what, what was interesting though is, is that I knew that I still had more gas in the tank and I had more demand, but I I believed I was actually just tapped out of hours. Yeah. How could you get like you're like how do how do you see more people? Yeah, because I had demand that yeah. I could have still fulfilled and yet had zero additional time, um, and believed I couldn't get any much more effective or efficient, and so trying to duplicate that was going to be nearly impossible, and then tried to build it was going to be even that much harder and, and truly didn't even know how. And so for me, partnering with Keller Williams became, um, the, the game changer to understanding business building. Right. And that's because it, it, you know, at KW, we have a series of, of a, a seven level model that, that really is a framework for how to build a, a system of leverage so that you're not robbing from um, all of those other life buckets. And so the way out or the, the answer as a solopreneur is to decide after, you know, studying those seven models, which, which level do you want to aspire to? Yeah. Is it level two? Great. Level two is, is, is the level in which you start to actually add that leverage to your business and your personal life. Yeah. So maybe it's hiring a, um, third-party transaction coordination company that you pay only 
when you have a pending. That's it. Or maybe it's hiring someone um, to, to cover showings on call five days a week. And, you know, they're paid to be on call, but they're not necessarily paid exclusively on salary. So it's figuring out how do you uh, begin to take what's your biggest time and then re-margin and reallocate it to someone else who's better or whose life is more suited for that. Yeah. So for me, I, you know, I, I, Grant started with me who had no life obligations because he was 21 or 20 or something. And his, his current life stage was that he could do showings on demand. Okay. And that made a huge, um, time benefit for me because with no kids and, and no, no real bills to speak of and no spouse, yeah. a showing at seven o'clock in Plainfield, 40 miles away was yeah. not that, uh, cumbersome for him. Yeah. But, but for the solopreneur trying to get to 40 miles away at 7 PM after leaving your appointment on the opposite end of town at six o'clock, good luck. It's stressful. Yeah. And then, and then figure out how you're going to do, um, e-learning for your kids and, um, still, the other aspects of that come into life. Oh, yeah, you have a wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a wife. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are all these other elements at play, um, where we're seeing the industry go more and more and more on demand. The other way out then I say, Mike is, is that someone has a hard decision to make, which is, am I going to be the person who wants to become the leader? Right. And, and then have the leverage or would I rather plug in, to an organization that already has the systems, the models, the standard operating procedure in place. I say you could do both. Like that's how I started. I kind of yeah. started off as a brokerage that ran as a team. And by being able to like work within the environment, I was able to recognize what was happening. And then when I stepped out of the business, I was able to then model that. Um, and the book, the MREA, I've read the book, but six, I think I'm reading it my seventh time right now. Every time I read it, I pick something up. It's like, it's like a river, you know, the water is yeah. never, never the same. So um, the way that what gave me the first aha was I was the same way. I did. I wasn't as, you know, dope as you. I, I sold 110, you know, 128. <laughs> That's awesome. dude. So That's awesome. I had no transaction coordinators. Yeah. I had wow. no idea how to delegate you were a lot smarter than me though you did new construction for a lot so they of became yeah. my de facto leverage yeah. like they handled all the work and then all i became is like a, a, a just pass out yeah yeah, yeah just, you were distributing yeah. leads, truly yeah <laughs> so, so but by but patty anderson yeah she helped me per transaction when i started focusing on existing with new you didn't need a transaction coordinator because yeah. it was all handled in house yeah the model so then when I started focusing on existing, like that relief, because this is the thing you have this, I say it all the time, anxiety, you call it disturbance when you're handling, you know, paperwork and, you know, mandatory clauses and yeah. all this stuff. And you're trying to sell houses, man, taking that off of my plate and then just knowing all I have to do is show up to closing it just gave me such relief. And then I'm now in my business, every time I feel like I'm going to quit, because there's times like I'm going to quit. Yep. <laughs> yep. Whenever you, I feel like that, I challenge myself, what is making me feel that way? Yeah. And then you need to partner with someone 
to take that thing off your plate. You guys, there's we keep talking about technology. I hired somebody in the Philippines. Yeah. And she's literally making phone calls for me and setting she's setting appointments better than I do. Yeah. Like she's setting she's setting literally four appointments a day. And yeah. so what I'm doing is I'm paying her X and then she's giving me better results than I ever would have done by myself. Than you could give yourself. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. But it isn't until you sit in the honesty, the transparency of your own discomfort or that want to quit that you're actually able to to really be uncomfortable and, and be honest with yourself to discover what is it that's yeah. actually holding your business back. Why do I feel that way? When I want to quit or when I want to <laughs> give up or when when there's this disturbance, what is it that's causing that? And then what else? And then and you then, tackle that. That's right. And is, you know, and is that true is kind of the question I always ask myself. Is that really true? Um, or am I making excuses for myself? Right. Yeah. Am I, am I not leading myself or, uh, am I missing a skill set of missing a person? And so, um, when getting that, that transparency, then you're able to, to decide how, what problem do you need to solve? And that problem is either leverage or partnering with a leverage organization. And the, and oftentimes the, the only difference is whether or not you want to be at the front of the line from an ego perspective. Yeah. Do you want to be Mark Zuckerberg or would you be okay being the third Facebook employee? Because both of them make an awful lot of money. Right. So this isn't really a money-based conversation when you think about it in a big way. It's an ego. This is an ego conversation. People don't want to let stuff go. Yeah. And that's totally what it is. Like, I know when I'm hiring people from a team perspective, they're coming at me with, like, you know, they want their face on their signs. And to me, that's more of an ego that's thing. That's right. Yeah. Versus, like, do you want to make money or not? Like, yeah. it, do you want to do you want to make six figures? Okay, guess what? You're not going to have your face on the sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we have to make this duplicatable. Yeah, that's we right. got to yeah. make it. So, and I'm not talking about, yeah. I'm not talking about team leaders. I'm talking about when I'm hiring someone on the team. Yeah. When people come in as agents, the thing that I see most is they want to build their brand yep. i'm doing air quotes y'all for the people that are doing the <laughs> podcast they want to build their brand and they have it reversed yeah they have it to where okay i put out this persona now i'm going to sell real estate versus putting in the work yeah and then guess what the brand takes care of itself yeah because the brand is actually the service you provide it's not really the the influencer Instagram model BS that people want to believe the brand is. And if it were, then uh, Ritz Carlton wouldn't have their brand be a um, pitchfork and a lion. Right. Because their brand is actually world-class customer service. Right. It just so happens that when they originally rolled the brand out, it was a lion head and a pitchfork. <laughs> and so if brand mattered... Then uh, and and that image of the brand actually mattered. Then Ritz Carlton would be known more by what their look is than what the product and service they actually provide is. And so agents can do that with a team when they actually lead with delivering a customer service based product first. And where you are becomes oftentimes irrelevant to that. It does. It's a byproduct. Yeah. I think having a photo shoot, though, is a lot easier than picking up the phone. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's, That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. And then you can justify it as like, maybe I'll get a lead from this photo shoot yeah. when I post it versus like just making dials. I mean, well, that, I mean that, that truly is 
of the one of the biggest struggles in the industry in general is um, thinking that activity leads to outcomes, right? And so, yes, you can be busy making business cards and headshots and new signs and a new website and um, all of these things you're going to do. And the reality is, is the only thing you get paid for is execution. You're going to do is going to be a really hard check to cash when it comes time for your mortgage to be due. Mm -hmm. Execution matters and having a system and model that executes is a lot more effective than than what activity ends up being. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of a lot of agents that we're just saying like if you want to be nimble, like you can't be as an individual agent, you are watching 100%. Yeah. So you're there's no way from a uh you can be you can react fast enough. So you just I, I tell people this all the time, okay? So people may hear this, have heard this before. I get a a flat tire on my truck. Okay, I get a flat tire on my truck. I'm 250 pounds. I can pull up to the side. I can lift. I can grab the fender. I can I can pull the truck up. I can try to change my. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. That sounds yeah. stupid. So you're gonna try to lift the truck up and change your own tire? I'm gonna try, or I can lift my my the 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 hatch. I can grab a jack, which is a lever, and I can jack my fourth out or however many pound truck up and remove it. What most people do is when they build a team or when they, when they, when this is what I did, I try to lift the truck and then I try to get other people to come and lift the truck. So I hired buyer's agents and then guess what? I burned them out. Yeah. So you have to get support, get support. So then you can focus on your strength, your 20%, the things that make money and then that support is focusing on that 80%, but that's their 20%. I know I keep saying that. I'm I'm, sorry. I, I think you're right, though, because it, in, in my opinion, all of the extra stuff that you were just mentioning, Eric, like the, the branding and the marketing, yep. I feel like that's you're adding seasoning to an existing business. And like the meat and potatoes, though, of the business yeah. is the like, okay, I need, to, I need to be able to hire an admin team that can actually support people that I eventually bring on and myself so that I'm not bogged down by all these random details. And then once all of that's set up, that's when it's like, okay, tell the world everything that you're doing here. Maybe you'll attract people that are like appeal that, that could benefit yeah, from that. That are actually resonate with your brand. Yeah. I mean, part of it, part of the challenge with, with that is, is that it's, you know, kind of what you're describing is it, it's in my opinion, it's social media, hype and lies that that have convinced people that they need to do things that are visible and uh that are similar to what others are doing in order to be successful and the fact of it is is that most of the time if you're uh, mimicking what a competitor or what someone in your industry is doing you're probably doing it wrong yeah because because all of those things don't matter in fact i've never paid a dollar for a website and we don't have one up currently. Um, and it's not that we don't, uh, that that was intentional and that we're not trying to resolve it, but I decided that day one, a website wasn't going to matter and I wasn't going to spend time and money on it because I didn't believe that was a way in which I could win market share 
in a Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, Google Ads, dominated business. (laughs) I don't have enough time and enough money to drive activity to that site. And I wasn't willing to go into debt or out of business to try to test that theory. And Mm -hmm. so we immediately, I immediately said, okay, I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to try to do different is just offer good service. And if I lead with service and lead with market knowledge and deliver the product that people hire me for, I bet they'll tell someone else. And then I bet that that will build. And guess what? It does. And that, that actually continues to compound on itself over a large period of time. And, and I don't own business cards, websites, new, new headshots and all of the number of things that, uh, would be deemed as influencing social media, uh, best practices because they don't actually add up to any additional impact of the bottom line. Okay. Yeah. Unless that's your model and then good luck. So whoever, whatever your, if it works for you, then it it works for you. It doesn't like for me, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know it that remains to be seen, but um, I just, the thing that I think is that people, I feel like people get it flipped. Well, you I got like really good at social media, by the way, though. Like when we, th- I'm not saying you can't social media. It's just that if that's your lever, go all in on the lever because yeah. that was your lever in which you said, okay, I'm going to learn Facebook ads yeah. to a level of mastery. And that will be the, the lever I jump on whenever I need to generate It's all about business. my share. So like that for me, my share, social media allowed me uh, to get my share when I'm not from here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a sphere here. You so didn't try Facebook and then next week try expired. No, and then next week try it's open the houses. cumulative effect. You, if you go yeah. with something, you got to roll with it and just stay with it. So if you're good at open houses, great. You know, but just make sure you hone that it's to where it's mastery. It's yeah. just, to, it's the cumulative effect of the activities. The problem is most people put in a little work for a couple of days and then they quit. But if you do something, um, marketing on social media, open houses, my wife used to like to open, you know, do coffee shops, buy coffee for everybody in the coffee shop and get leads that way. You just have to do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. If you like the door knock, you got to do it over and over again. Yeah. It's so. true though. It is just, if you do what you're getting paid to do and you do it well, <laughs> that shit just. It's pretty fascinating. It's works, like novel right? kind of, but like, yeah. Kate put together one video we've advertised one time with a video about like need help with your social media or some shit like that back in like 2017 and Michael's wife tagged Michael and then that led to that relationship. And then we never put out another marketing piece again. Never literally solicited any business publicly other than one time. It was just that one time. And we're just like, she's such a connector, man. Yeah. I wish I had that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She literally, this, this is Amy. We literally go to a place. We went to someplace in Michigan. I can't remember where it was. She tagged. We're in such and such Michigan. Dude, like the next week, four people show up at this city. Like she, she says, I'm at such and such. And people show up. It's insane. I wish you're like, I had if, that. if you guys went there, it must be worth visiting. She is an influencer. Wow. Like if she would like apply that, she could yeah. be an influencer before influencers. Yeah, were that's right. Yeah. Thing. It's a trust is a trusted perspective. Yeah. Right? And so 
yeah there's a credibility that comes with yeah with that for I sure i wish i had yeah. it i say i'm here and they'd be like oh, i ain't going there mike's, <laughs> mike's been there mike's no goes there no, man, that place is garbage. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right mike so as we wrap things up I, you know there's as a solopreneur or, or someone who's operating as an independent contractor, whether that be um, providing tax services, providing um, construction, insurance, in, yeah. all of these industries operate similarly in the way in which the on-demand needs of today's consumer and the technology that's required in order to execute the systems and the processes to be on demand have made the solopreneur um, on the extinct list. And so I'm expecting that we see the days of uh, the independent real estate agent to be numbered as, as teams and corporations begin to continue taking market share um, in exponential growth perspective, uh, especially in this market where it is absolutely funneled by an on-demand um, marketplace that has no supply. Yeah. I mean, you have to be more, to be what it is, it's just, you have to be better. You have to be more efficient. So us as single individual human beings, eventually you're not going to be efficient enough. So you're in order to get, or you're not going to be effective. So in order to, to be able to do that, you're going to have to partner with people. Yeah. Yeah. You have to increase your efficiency if your effectiveness goes down. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so look for the endangered species list, the solopreneur to be, uh, hitting the, an endangered species watch coming soon.